we'll try that. All right, sweet. So everybody, if you are listening first, thank you. Welcome to the Live Your Truth podcast. This is a podcast that's good. We're just going to cover everything. I'm not going to be super accustomed to one topic because none of us in our lives are only focused on one single thing. We've got several interests. We've got several things we care about, lots of things we don't care about. And we're going to talk about anything and everything few and far in between. And my first guest ever, Mr. Tony Salazar. This is somebody who, if you're not paying attention on social media, you probably should. He's got lots of knowledge in several, several industries. And so the way that I structure my podcast is I don't do any deep dives on any of my guests. And so anything that we talk about is going to be right off the cuff. And I, I do that because I like things to flow organically and I don't like a lot of structure in terms of conversation. So I just want our personalities to come out. This is an uncensored podcast. So if you've got kids listening, there will be lots of shit and fucks and dams and all that stuff. Uh, so turn it off if you can't handle it. Uh, but otherwise, Tony, feel free to give us some background about yourself, uh, your origin story, so to speak. Yeah, thank you so much, show, Damien. Pleasure to be here, bro. I've got, I've got <laughs> quite a mouth, so sometimes I hear that that uh, it's hard when I'm being censored. But yeah, thank you so much for the host. So um, I am Tony Salazar. I own Eight Limbs Creative Digital Media. I, I was a previous athlete in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which led me to the media business where I was being featured a lot as a fitness athlete, fitness model, where I was doing a lot of like. transition to running a media business so that's been 10 years in the making now and um covid was really the time that i started to realize uh well real estate was a part of our business but we did a lot of other industries as well and covid was a time where i realized that real estate had this giant gap in how to provide to people in the business so on both sides i was like these agents are lost and how to market and these real estate photographers don't know how to sell their agents anything and make money off of it so we jumped into the game and I have, I already had a pretty large team and we just started to really dominate the market and, and really get in and just find a new summer in a beach over to St. Pete beach, the entire corridor, Tampa and Orlando are included in that. Um, and then back in February, my team and I started realizing that even though our done for you agency was able to provide high quality media for our clients, they were still just lost on what to do with it. They didn't know how to use it, how to post it. We would give a client a media package that spend $700 on, and then they would just make tons of errors on how to upload it. Just, just basic stuff that we thought was basic knowledge. So we're like, Hey, we're going to come up with this all-inclusive course to teach people the entire business of social media from shooting to editing to posting strategies and how to do a lot of it yourself. Because the reason that a lot of people don't do your head, you might be driving on your car one day and have a really thought-provoking conversation with somebody and you go, wow, here's the time to record your content. So if we can make that process a little bit more organic for these agents, we knew it was going to really get and help them out. So we launched Seven Day Social Realtor uh, two months ago, and that's been a huge success for us so far. So we've been selling a lot of that, 
um, we were able to fly out with, to um, to the LPT rallies out in Houston and Austin, Robert Palmer, and he was really featuring us and giving some amazing promotion with his with his background, his wealth of knowledge. And then, yeah, that's here we are now. Yeah, the seven-day social realtor, I'm a super fan of. Um, and so that, I previously was not a fan of purchasing courses, just because when you get on YouTube, you, everybody's got a course. And I always hear a lot, like there's a couple guys that now are being sued because like their courses were scams and stuff like that. So I've always been hesitant to get in courses, but Last year, you know, I was looking at a lot. Of, I like to think that I'm self-aware, sometimes a little slow at the self-awareness. But I finally got to a point last year where I was like, if you're Gary Vee said something awesome that where it says your actions have to map your ambitions. And so here I had all of these ambitions, but I wouldn't buy a course. I wouldn't go to a seminar. I wouldn't go to training. I'd go down the YouTube rabbit hole. And I would try to apply that with just some gray knowledge is what I call it. And it's because it, it, you, analysis paralysis is what it ended up turning into. Yes. And so when the last quarter of the year, I stumbled across you in one of the real estate Facebook groups and I saw it and I was like, let me just see. I went to your website, kind of scoped you guys out and you had a lot of clips and videos in there. And I was like, I looked at the prices. I'm like, that's not actually bad at all. And then I saw you guys advertising the seven day social realtor. I'm like, well, if it's only seven days, what's the worst that's going to happen? I can commit seven days to anything. I could commit a year to anything. Seven days is a, that's a blink. So I was like, let's do it. And so I signed up for it. I was the first course I ever bought and I've just been nuts over it. And I love that. My, my videos have gotten a ton better. I know where to put them. And I understand how to do overlays and stuff now. Like, there's there's so much that I, that's practical about the course, not to give everybody a bunch of like plug vomit, but there's so much in the in the course that is just dumbed down to the average person can understand. And so when you say something like all you have to do is add an overlay to the average person like me, I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I have no fucking idea. And so when I hear Mike talking about it, and he literally goes into the app and shows you I'm like, God dang, literally no one on the planet is doing this for, for people like me who I don't have school background. I hated school. I'll always hate school and, or at least the American way of education. I can't stand it. And so like, it was great to see a course that, that over delivered and honestly underhyped. I don't feel like you guys hype it up enough because now I just can't stop talking about it. I've become a fan. Well, I love to hear that. Man. <laughs> we actually need to talk about yeah, we'll talk more about you know, what we have coming next because it's been a good success and we're going to continue to promote that. But we're, we're diving into there's two more editions of seven day social realtor at different levels. So the idea would be this first level was basic introduction to people who don't do content creation, don't know how to navigate it. And then we're going to go into more an advanced level. And then after that, we're going to move into a basically um, to train people how to be us. So train other media companies as well as train other brokerages and teams who want to invest in some professional camera and might want to take it to that high level. Right. So I really appreciate the plug. It's been, it's been good. When we, when we were out in Texas LPT, we sold a lot of courses to the Colorado. It's been really good reviews so far, putting another ad together with our reviews, testimonials from our clients. I'm reading some great things. So I love it, man. And it's, it's been exactly what you said. It's people just don't know how to do it. That's why they don't do it. It's just, it's knowledge, you know? Right. And I, I know I'm the type, I mentioned it just as, 
a, a little bit ago about the analysis paralysis. And so we, we look at all these channels, we look at all these pages, we see all these people doing it, the Ryan Serhants and all that stuff. And we're like, just how, like we get the concept, but we don't get the application of it. And so going through that course and seeing the application, I, I mean, I'm sure you're not surprised you've been doing it for a while, but it's, it's wildly surprising how much we overcomplicate very, very simple things. Yeah, and, man. Uh, I mean, Damien, it's crazy. There's, um, <clears throat> there's something that I said, so I'm actually going to be speaking at the LPT event at the Grand Prix. Um, so I'll be there talking to all the, you know, all the team there, but something that I, I open with and I talk about a lot. I was like, congratulations, guys. If you're a real estate agent, you have the highest paying sales job in the world with the biggest knowledge gap in the world. And I'm, I want that to come off a bit jarring because it is truth. I, I do think that as real estate agents, um, they are so, so underprepared to sell people's sometimes million dollar assets. And it's a business where it's not so much their fault. It's because there's a low barrier of entry to real estate. So you, there's, there's a very simple test that people have to take. And, you know, anyone can take that test a couple of times and pass it. But when they get into the day-to-day -day life of what it is, you realize like an agent will say and do anything they can just to get that listing appointment, to get that listing agreement signed. And after that, what I run into as an ethical dilemma is how often agents will try to spend the minimum amount of money and make the maximum amount of money. So they'll call a company like us with the $800,000 listing and they'll want to spend like bare, bare minimum package, $200 for just photography. We don't need video on this one. We don't do video. Da, da, da. I'm like, don't you want to sell these people's asset? Now for the agent, it's not a problem for them. If they price reduce 25, 40, 50K because their commission is not going to reflect that much of a difference. But to that homeowner, it's a huge number to re reduce down. And so ethically, I started to run to the dilemma there. I was like, it's just not a business where people seem to understand. Like right now, if you ask me what a real estate agent's job is, I would split it into two sides. Real estate agent's job is number one, their customer relations. So they're building relationships with people, people that are going to say, hey, sell my house or hey, find me a house. Or, and then after that, once they get into that process, they are marketers. They're mar that, that is the job, like we're, we're marketers. But very few agents know anything about marketing, how to use social media, how to market, running ads, sales funnels, lead generation. And so I started to realize, I'm like, well, I know a lot about this stuff. I've done this very well for years. Well, I why don't I make this process easier? As a, as a result of one of my mentors tell me something. He said, Tony, if you want to get rich, which I do, <laughs> um, he said, the easiest way to do that is to help make other people rich. Yeah, And you're going to make a lot of friends along the way, but you you make sure that you position yourself as a needed asset in people's journey to getting rich, which is what we've done with Aitlum's Creative. So as an agency, Aitlum's Creative, I don't think there's any media company anywhere close to Florida that does the numbers we do because of the volume, because of the client retention, and because of the brand that we've built. And I want agents to understand like, hey guys, what I'm selling agents is what I use to grow myself. So it's not like, like I'm using the thing that I sell to grow us, right? That's how I make good money in this business, right? So it's like, it, it's a very obvious thing. Hey, look at him. If you look at me up, you'll see all my content. You'll see all my ads. You'll see how we grow. It's the exact same thing. I'm trying to teach agents how to do and show you how well it works for us, right? So there's no secret here. It's just a matter of actually for real estate agents to become MREs or millionaire real estate agents. And so few of them ever will become millionaire real estate agents. And um, I explained this why I'm sure you know some of the guys from LPT, Matt Levy and Matt Hodges. I met them in St. Pete for a dinner a few weeks back. We were meeting to talk about this Grand Prix thing. And we stayed up drinking wine, having deep conversation in the hotel till like one in the morning. 
And I was explaining it like this. I was like, I, I, I'm part of an entrepreneurship group called Toast here local. And so meaning has to make at least 200K a year, several millionaires in this group. We meet once a month. We, we audit each other's businesses. We talk about how we can help each other's businesses, what's winning for us, what's not winning for us, et cetera. Lots of different business owners. And it's a very, very beneficial group for me to be part of. And these are all entrepreneurs. I'm going to make this to a point. So when you talk to an entrepreneur, a true entrepreneur who takes full ownership for their business in the economy and says, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Every single one of them understands the value of marketing. They understand the budget needed to set aside for marketing and they prioritize it. And they either seek an expert's opinion and hire an expert like us to market for them, or they learn it all day on their own. But for some reason, and I, most of my clients are real estate agents, real estate agents ignore marketing more than anyone else. They just don't think about it. They don't think about branding, promotion, and they don't want to spend. That's what I found the most. Is like, If you have an entrepreneur and he made $100,000 in the month, he's no brainer going to take at least 20 k and throw it to marketing or package with us to, to blow their business up. Media that will last for, for a year, Facebook ads, et cetera. Real estate agents are so tight with their spending when it comes to spending on marketing and branding. And I don't know why, where that, that thought breakup is and what that happens, but that is what I've seen to be the biggest differences. And they're also just full disclaimer. They are the best spending agents. So we have agents that can call us and on phone call one, they go to a website, they book our highest prepaid package right away. I'll take the $3,000 listing package that includes the community tour, the reels, the YouTube video, the Facebook. They don't think twice. They just, where do I sign? How do I pay? And they move on. And those same clients are also very easy to deal with. They're not asking for revisions. They're they're cooperative. They're, they follow directions. Where on the other side, the agents who are trying to go bare minimum spend the lowest amount of money are usually the, the hardest to deal with. They don't listen. They don't grow. And it's all because... And so the way I explain it is like sometimes real estate agents run in circles where there's too many negatives around them. So they hear other agents talk about the scarcity, the recession, this buyer, this bad thing. And frequency really, truly matters. If you watch the course, you know how I think with law of attraction and mindset. And, um, you know, your frequency is what you frequently see, right? So what you're looking at, who you're talking to, what you frequently see is your frequency, and that's something I think people, so the more abundance conversations you can get into, the more successful ages you can get around, get around Robert Palmer for an afternoon, have a conversation with him and he'll get you thinking very differently. And that that's what I'm really working with a lot of brokerages, right? Because they're a media company. So the one thing I will say is like the, all the agents across all the brokerages that do really well, have an abundance mindset, they spend on marketing and they know how to money manage. They're not the ones who are trying to cut corners and like, you know, just go to networking events to hand out business cards. That's not their marketing strategy. They're the one that spends $10,000 to do a huge community tour on a large golf course neighborhood. So they own that neighborhood for years to come because their YouTube videos is the highest viewed video, right? It's a different level of thinking. Oh yeah. There, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there too. I, I think a lot of the reasons, and I'll just throw an opinion out that a lot of agents have the scarcity with their spending. I think it's what's in real estate culture as a whole, starting from when you go and get your license to after you get your license. And so I've always seen the real estate industry, at least on like the buyer seller agent side, 
it's all just an onboarding industry. It's very hard to find mentorship with people who know that these are the things that you should be doing. You should be putting marketing budgets together, but instead what they'll teach you is, you know, call your expireds, call your FISBOs, you know, go door knocking and stuff. There's, there's a very old age marketing technique that is still being hyper pushed in the industry right now. And so having like tech companies that are becoming real estate companies, you know, so that's what EXP did. They went completely online. They started their brokerage that way. And they, everything was marketing, 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 and they really understood it. And then they did the MLM model. model. LPT picks that up, does it 50 times better. And their main focus was listing power tools. It was digital marketing. And so I don't think that that's taught. So a lot of people that are coming into real estate, they see things like million dollar listing. They think real estate is cash grab. They don't know that we actually, when you're a realtor, you're 18 different industries, but first you're a media company, you're a marketing company. And now yeah. that everything yeah. is online and that's everything it. is video, that's what people really need to wrap their head around first. All that other stuff, the showings, all that mess, it's it's the last thing. The first thing is media. Yeah, I agree. And, and just to circle back to one thing you said, which was a beautiful thing me and Robert were able to navigate, which was the first call me and Robert ever had was, I explained to him, on, on the home so far with LPT agents as a whole for us uh, at this at the time of this of me and him having a Zoom call, I said I've had conversations with nine LPT agents and none of them have booked media packages with us. They've all looked to book bare minimum photography. And a lot of times, if someone's just looking for photography, they're not a good client for us long term because they're a low spender, they're a low investor, and they're not going to brand themselves. So I'm like, I'll send them down the road to the lower end photographer because we we do photography, but it's most likely included with our video packages as a as an incentive, right? And so I was like, I think in the messaging, this is why I like Robert so much. I think this is the first he'd heard this. I said, I think what's happening is all these agents have told me that they don't need to do video because all they have to do is photo, get their listing power pack, and then you do the rest for them. And so he was like, that's an error in the messaging. Why don't you fly to Texas with us? He's like, me and you will address that through video together. And so that was what happened on that trip is we we came, we covered the trip, we, we filmed, we were part of it. But on the flight home, me and him did that video podcast you've probably seen clips of where we talk and he very much reiterated how important he's like, you guys have to do video. He's like, listing power tools, a listing power pack is an incentive for you guys, but absolutely, you're not going to brand yourself with that. You're going to brand yourself with video. We talk about frequency illusion, why he, he grew himself into hundreds of millions of dollars in income, which is because he was on television, being seen, being seen, being seen. And so it's, yeah, it's them understanding that. And realistically though, like, um, that's why I love this business so much. Like uh, I just finished reading Grant Cardone's 10 X rule for the second time. It was a good time to refresh myself on it because the new year, and he made that very clear. He's like, listen, like your job isn't to convince the people who don't want to crush it. Your job is to find other people climbing mountains and climb with them. So let's like, I, if an agent needs help my clients dominate your local neighborhood market, <laughs> that's, that's where I see it now. Right. So instead of me going, Hey, Susan, you should get on video. I'm like, no worry about it. But Jane, who is a client, I'm just going to help her dominate that local market in the South Tampa area, wherever she's at, because she pays us and she works with us and she listens to us. But yeah, the, the video marketing is absolutely everything, Damien. It's something that 
people are going to realize more and more as we move into this year, the market may slow down a little bit, but it's not going to slow down for the ones who market hardest at all. There will always be business and it always goes to the pockets of the people who are taking the most action. I agree. The one thing that I will say is that, yeah, the one thing I'll say is that people under, oftentimes they underestimate what video does. So they don't necessarily understand, like, it's not about being showy. It's not about bragging. It's not about flexing. It's not about trying to turn yourself into celebrity. It's about reminding them how insight in mind you are. So if we think about what is video, it's multiple frames of photo, their headshot next to their just sold. And they put like headshot on it because in their mind, they're like, I'm branding. It's like, cool. Yeah. You're showing them one picture. But if I get you to watch five minutes of video with me, you're seeing 10,000 pictures. You're remembering how my voice sounds, how I speak, my tonality, what I said, the message, right? You take up so much our mental real estate. So when it's time to call someone, you're in their mind. And oftentimes what happens is people know, most, most people know at least 10 realtors. They know them. They know their cousin that they let sell their house. So how do they find that real estate agent? A lot of times it's the frequency. It's like the last one they just saw. When they finally have the free bandwidth, to call that realtor and look at getting their household, it's like, what's the most recent realtor they saw? They're going to go, let me call, let me call Damien up. I just saw one of his videos that, he, you know, what? I'm going to give this guy a call. I like what he's doing. He's tenacious. He's a go-getter. Hey, brother, I want to sell my house. It's not who they have the best relationship with. And that's what people are confused about. So the idea for my, let's, let's just remove it. And, and my business is very similar to what a realtor does. I'm a media agency. But the idea is I want to make sure that I'm the most known person when it comes to thinking about real estate video. I want to make sure that I'm spending my money on my Facebook and Instagram ad spend so that it's really impossible for you to have not seen my content. If I did my job right, that's the idea. So if you're a realtor and you're anywhere local in these Florida markets and someone brings up Aitlin's Creative or Tony Salazar, for the most part, you're like, yeah, I've seen his stuff, right? Because I spend like that. We spend, you know, three grand a month on just Facebook and Instagram ads, ad spend. So that way I'm being seen and when it's time to do business, they know how to find you. And when agents really get that and they can be the same, they'll just crush everyone in their, in their markets. And so many people won't do it. So the ones who will do it, get all that, you know? Yeah, they definitely get, they get the, they get the real estate of the attention. So they get all the real estate attention when they decide to put themselves in front of people. It's, it's, the best analogy that I can get to keep it in real estate is when I talk to sellers and they don't want to allow showings, they won't allow open house, they just want me to send, basically make it a pocket listing. And so it's like, what I tell them is if, if you want me to sell your house, i.e. if you want what you want, we need the eyes, we need the showings, we need the open house, I need to put the videos in, I have to yeah, do we need that. buzz. We got to create buzz. Exactly. And so yeah. it seems like we, us realtors know that about the house and we don't apply that to ourselves. And so I think that that, that hits home. And so when they're not, when they're not spending the money, I know a lot of it is, is fear porn. Right. And so they're like, yeah, you're going to put out all this money, but what if you put out, you know, 3k a month and I don't get anything out of it. I think they think that if you most of them are thinking that if I put all this money in ads and it doesn't get me listings right away, then it doesn't matter. What I'm doing isn't working when the opposite is, is the answer that if you're not getting the listings, which is not likely, if you're getting a lot of attention and you're putting out value, 
you can't just put out a video, hey, I'm a realtor in your local market. If you need me to list your house or buy it, right. I'm your guy because I'll tell you, there's 255,000 agents in Florida and I bet you 242,000 of them are saying just that. And so there's a lot of realtors and we do have a saturated market, but saturated with average agents. Right. It's, it's easy to stand out. The ones that are doing what you're talking about. It, it goes back to the Pareto principle. I had an amazing dinner last night at Ruth Chris here with a gentleman who just moved here. He owns a large real estate company. I'm not going to discuss it now with the title, but he, uh, he makes about 75 grand a month selling a model of lead generation to real estate agents. And he's got that on autopilot now. And a lot of happy customers do some business together and probably end up putting a virtual summit together where we bring in experts from in different fields and put something together for real estate agents on different fields, right? And one thing we talked about was the Pareto principle, which is the 80-20 rule and how deep that shows up in life. So that's in the animal kingdom, that's in nature, that's in business, that's in finance, that's in relationships, that's in everything, 80% of the money, okay? That's not an accident. That's true. It's a stat. So they make 80% of the income, 20% of the agents. They are dominating the market. And they deserve that because they're being uncompeted with. That's nature, right? So like the big lion who has the big, the big strong pride, they dominate that, that area, that pride lands, because they're too hard to fuck with. That's straight up it. And so it's like when, and when it comes to marketing, it's like if the people who just for instance, to go back to where you said that once and I get those clients all the time that they don't want to spend a certain, well, what if I spend a certain amount of money and doesn't do anything at that point for me, for the most part, the conversation's over on my end. So I'm always going, I'm like, Hey, like, honestly, if you're already thinking like that, I don't think it's going to be a good fit. Um, I wish you the best of luck. And I'm lucky enough to be at the place where I don't need to get every client. I look for the good ones. Now, this is when we do done for you, not with seven days social. Seven days social were created to be a low investment cost where everyone could go through, learn at their own pace. And then if they want to become an Alum's client, great. Alum's client clients, we look for good quality agents, especially ones who want to grow and take this serious. But the ones who don't understand that you have to spend to make money, it's not my conversation to educate them on that. They need to go find a mentor that teaches them business. It's like, I'm not, it's not my time. So like the, the great client is who already knows, Hey, I love what you guys have. Let's sign up. And that's truly, it's been January so far. We've signed 10 branding packages so far in January. So 10 agent teams have joined up for our monthly branding packages so far because they are right away calling. I want this. Let's go. How do I ask? What if this goes wrong? What if this goes wrong? What if this, can I get a refund? If this happens, how do like, those things aren't even come up in the conversation and it lets you know, there's just different people that approach it different ways, you know, but I, I'll tell you, man, video is definitely, um, it scares people. And let's just say I, I ran, like I don't, but let's say I ran a real estate team. Like I was a real estate team lead and I took my knowledge that I have now. And I was going to grow a real estate team. I would make video a requirement. I would make every person on my team go through seven day social so they could learn how to shoot follow reels with every buyer's property, literally beyond with a media company, if we're depending where you're located at, like us, that does consistent content for you. So it's autopilot being done and you're paying for it monthly. So you know you're going to show up and do it. And it's better to sit on a mountain of content that you don't have anything like that Grant Cardone mentality of, of 10X and dominant. Dating is real. It does work.
sometimes people will be like, oh, you're posting too much. Great. As long as you see it, as long as you see it, when it's time to do business, you won't be able to not think about me, you know? That's, and that's, that's, that's one of the best compliments. So, yeah. When somebody tells you, Hey, you're posting too much, you know, that you're posting exactly how you should be posting. Yeah. And so I, I have not run into any, any type of deal like that where they've, where they've said, Hey, you're posting too much for two reasons. One last year, I wasn't posting too much. I wasn't posting enough last year, which is the whole reason right. I got to the course. Cause I'm like, there's, I know I'm doing something wrong, but you don't know what you don't know. And so I got that course and dude, and I, I don't want to, everyone's going to listen to this and be like, Damien's a fanboy and fuck it. I'm a fanboy because the course taught me what I needed to know to put out the videos. And if you were to go through like my YouTube and my Facebook, especially that's where I spend a lot of my time, I'm posting all of the time now. And now I'm trying to get better at the videos and, and, and all that stuff. And that course taught me to be the guy who's in front of everybody all the time, or at least how to be the guy in front of everybody all the time. And so this year, I'm not a resolution guy. That's actually a question I'm going to ask you because I, I, I kind of feel like we have the same thought on resolutions and I don't like to set resolutions because I, I think they're ego grabs for social media. People just kind of post what they think everyone's going to agree with, and then they never commit to that shit. And so I don't like to do that. And so I just like to say everything that I plan on doing this year, I plan on going pot committed in, and I'm not going to worry about consequence. I'm just going to learn when those things happen. I'm going to learn as I go, burn the boats, so to speak. And so I'm mm. burning the boat on everything that I do because that, that analysis paralysis, that fear porn and stuff stopped me from getting things that I know that I could have gotten if I wouldn't have done those things. Like if I would have just started recording, if I would have just started, I, I, what, I don't know what I don't know, but I do know what I do know. And so what I do know can be my content. And I, I like that. And so I need to so my, my goal is to, to put all my focus into that. And, and so for now on, I don't have those conversations with myself. I just decide. And so this will be a really decisive year for me. And I'll, I will pivot from the data, not from the thoughts. And I'm focused. I love on that. that year. Well said. Um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack in everything you just said, but yes, man. Um, the analysis paralysis is something that does get a lot of people tied up, you know, and, um, it's just the, the best way that I could say it to make sense here would be when you do commit to something and like you really commit to something, the universe has a really magical way of getting out of your fucking way when you decide. So it's that, that's the difference. That's where you can know. That's why I know who I'm talking to now where it's like my business sense comes from two sides. It's like part of it is logistic and the stats and the numbers part of it is i am obsessed with your own life your frequency is what you frequently see and i do believe that we set our thermostats to a certain frequency number and based on that number we will attract everything that meets us there abundant minded clients wealthy people high paying clients beautiful relationships high level fitness all the things come when you decide this is where I, this is how i think this is where i'm at so I'm getting into that is because the people who are still analysis paralysis and still getting delayed, I just don't think they're ready yet. So it's like, they're just, they're not ready yet. They need a little bit more for like frustration and discontentment and the feeling of unfulfilled. And especially for men, the feeling of I'm not providing like I wish I could 
that's for a reason, bro. That those feelings you had enough yet? You had enough yet? Okay, let's fucking do something about it. This when you decide to be like, no more. It's time, dude, it clicks. Life gets out of the way. Deals start flowing in because you give the impression of increase into the world. Everyone you come in contact with, dude, I, this guy just moves different. He just feels different. He just believes in himself. After I had a conversation with him, I leave, I get in my truck, I see a video of his and I see someone else shared him and I see this and I see this client. And then you realize like it all just conspires to give you what you want. Life will conspire to give you everything you want when you commit. But when you're like, I'm not sure whether you're religious or not, but I do believe in a God. and I always explain this, God will punish or reward you. There's no neutral. It's one of the others happening. God will reward you so much when you show him the beauty of his creation in how much action you can take. When you are just working hard and taking action and moving your body and moving your mind and moving the world, God will reward the shit out of you. And if you are wasting your time, you're watching porn, you're playing video games, you're eating junk food, you're having bullshit conversations, you're engaged in gossip, you'll get punished. And it won't be this punishment like nails through your hands, but it's going to be punishment in bad clients, poor months, bad relationships, lack of energy, lack of ambition. It, it comes like that. Does it make sense? It makes absolute sense. And so, yeah. we, so I like to ready. Good. I like to say uh, to people that we're not victims of our circumstance. We're consequences of our choices. And so if people are going through something right. bad, it's because you've done one of two things. You chose it, or when it happened, you just sat in it. Some people really, really love to sit in their shit as opposed to, so anybody that likes to say, why me, why me, or I just can't catch a break, bro, get the fuck away from me. Get the fuck away from me. Mm -hmm. I can't have that energy on my shoulders. We as, as, as men, always carry a burden of weight for it for anything we want it's to a blessing. It's, yeah, it's, a yeah, blessing. It's, it's the best thing that we could we could we could have because yeah. otherwise we've got cheeto fingers and we've got every problem that's happening in the world right now with boys not being men anymore and so when you yeah. get when you get to just kind of when you start thinking about ambition and you start thinking about all your ideas and your goals and, and legacy being a really big one it seems like not a lot of people chase legacy anymore uh, but when you when you decide to do those things and then you start and you start getting those those hard times and you start getting those bad clients as opposed to taking a, a, a self-respective look, looking back into yourself and be like, okay, what is it that I did that caused this? Because if I was doing something great and if I was doing something right, this would have been passed on to somebody else who's just bullshit and wasting people's time. So why did it happen to me? What did I do? And then you self-correct, but a lot of people don't do that. Right. Yeah, that's it, man. But but again, it comes back to the whole point. If you're not ready, you're just not ready. So I don't believe that's why I, I'm very clear on who I attract with clientele now, because I'm like, listen, like if you're an agent and you're not willing to spend money on video packages and you're just looking to sell that listing for as low as possible, like that's just not the good fit for us because I have to lower my energy to meet you at yours. Exactly. And I'm like, no, we can't do that. We can't, we have, we will find, we find the high vibe clients. It's, it's true, man. You, you have, you just got to take action. So that's why in the course, I know you were quoting that the burn the boats mentality has been something that's been so real for me because 
um, if you rewind a year, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm divorced. I went through my season where I got bummy for myself. I was sad. My ex-wife left. I did all the normal things and I'm not, uh, I'm absolutely not criticizing men who feel in a slump. Do you get your ass knocked down? It's not, it's not your fault, but if you're still on the ground after a year, it's your fault. So I went through my stuff. And after this past year, I was like, I'm going to get very, very focused on what I can do here in my purpose and my business. And so in one year, which was this past year, we 8X our businesses. We 8X our income in a year, which is, I mean, when I say that, I mean, we made eight times the amount of money within one year difference by hiring marketing manager, but I spent to make, okay? So I hired people in my business before I knew if I could afford them, truly. I knew I could afford to pay them, but I didn't know if it was going to affect my lifestyle, my bank account much. And I hired social media directors, marketing managers, email blasters, new videographers, new editors, just hired, hired, hired. Let's be aggressive. Let's market, let's market, let's market, let's market, let's go hard. Boom, it kicked in for us and it worked because life led to amazing opportunities left and right for us. And we committed, you know, and I do think it's like that with real estate. So per that convo, when agents can understand that, and just realize, hey guys, how how do I get more business in this day and age? It is by being more known. If they can't find you, they can't do business with you. So you have to be known to, to have people pay you, right? If you look, if let's zoom all the way out and, and, and do this problem. What do we want? Where, where do we, like, how do we get money? Because no one, you can't make it. Like you don't make money, right? Like you're not a government. You don't get to make it. So we take money, okay? Who do we take money from? Other people. That's it. It's the only way. You take money from other people. It's the only way we get it. Other people have it. We take it from them. They give it to us and we take it from them. So we go, okay, cool. So like I need to do that as many times as possible or I need to do it in large amounts. Okay. And so you start going, how, how are you who I am? And when you talk to someone in the most layman terms and you ask someone in that simple formula, they'll realize that their marketing plan doesn't make sense. But it's like, hey, look, you're people to, you can't make money. You have to take money. How are you, how are you taking it from other people? Cool. All right. So your one client you have now, what's your plan for your next client? What's your plan for your next listing? Where are they going to come from? I don't know. Okay. Well, like, do you see there's a hole in your system there, right? So it's really hard to, to anticipate. And that, that, that's why I think the real estate spending is the way it is, is because real estate agents don't know when the next transaction is coming through. Most of the time, they just don't have a consistent plan and influx. So imagine an ideal world where you're an agent, you're closing four to five deals a month, and you constantly have new leads that you're giving to other people because you can't handle when you're keeping the big ones. That agent can stress. They're spending more money. That, that's the agent who can call a video company and go, hey, bro, I don't, I don't really care what it costs. Let's just get this done. I have this day available. Cool, cool. Book it, sealed, done, move on. They're right back today. This is growing. So getting everyone to that point is truly what I'm trying to do right now. I realize that I do want to make the world a better place. I know it sounds cliche and cheesy, but my daughter's a four-year-old girl. I want her to live in a good world. And what makes people show up in the worst ways in their life is scarcity and lack. When you don't have money, you don't have pride and you don't have effort and ambition. The world's a shitty place. If, if there's too many people like that left in it. So if I can help people break through to a level of fitness or a level of confidence or a level of financial abundance, I'm doing at least my part locally to make the world a better place. And it, it benefits everyone around me. And I do think that it is most people that shoot themselves in the foot with how to make money that causes them to spread most of their bad shit into 
in the world because the only people that are spreading bad shit in the world are people who are not happy, bro. And I'll tell you right now, when you get that $20,000 closing check on a Friday, you're happy. You're skipping it all weekend. You, you know, you really are. So that's my thought on that. Yeah. I think that's, I, I think people really need to, to put more focus into that. And so you never, you'll never see somebody below you or I'm sorry, you'll never see anybody above you tearing you down. You'll just never right. see that. You've got those right. few bad apples because they exist in every community and every ether and every ocean. But for the for the most part, you don't see people that are doing great, that are giving back, that are successful. You, you don't see them doing the woe is me. You don't see them not trying to leave something to the world, trying to leave it better than when they found it. And so the right. whole reason that I got attracted to real estate to begin with, because I'm not I'm not into real estate by by nature. I grew up right. in, in the hospitality industry, went into the fitness industry, which is where I thought it was going to make my forever, left the fitness industry, got into real estate because I just wanted to work for me. And I was like, this is going to be a great way to do it. What attracted me to it is the fact that I get to do more than just be buyer seller agent. I can be a media right. guy. I can be a public figure. I can become a, yes. a, a speaker. I can become all of these great things. Exactly. So it gives me several doors to walk through all of which bring me power they don't take it away from me but allows me to put power into everybody who's watching me if i'm doing the video properly and so it's all yeah. always going to come back to video so whatever the message is whatever the industry is if you're looking to make an impact there's a quote that says the people that are usually crazy enough to change the world are usually the ones that do i want to be that guy but but locally i really don't think i'm crazy enough to change the entire world but I think I can sit in a room full of 500 people and I can change at least 320 of their lives and they can yeah, go I mean, and change 200 lives and so on and so forth. And so, well, you have an obligation to have that. something to that. If you truly believe, and this is, uh, uh, this is interesting. If you truly believe that you are a good person with a good heart and that you would make things better if you had the power. Okay. You have a moral obligation to now go get that power. That's the way I look at it, right? So it's like, hey, better. So I have an obligation to go, go get wealthy and to get myself very well known. So my message covers all. And I have, you can move the world with money. If you have enough money, you can move the world, okay? So the pursuit of those things is not selfish. Those pursuits, a lot of it is selfless. Like, hey, if you're a really good person, you want to help, you can help them a lot better when you're wealthy. You can help people a lot more. You can lead them by example. They'll follow your lead a lot more than an average person. They're going to listen to the guy who's done the shit, right? This is like I was telling my buddy last night. He runs a local men's group. And I said, hey, brother, I'm with you. And I think you're, what you're doing is amazing, but you're not in shape. So men don't follow weak men. I was like, men aren't going to follow you. You're, you're talking some really good stuff and the wisdom's there. But no, no one, no man ever said he was the weakest looking amongst us. That's why we followed him. You with me? So right. you got to be it first and then you can lead, but being seen creates this authority. So even if you're just Joe Schmo, but you're making videos and people have seen six, seven, eight, nine, ten of your videos, starts, which is what you need because you have to have authority if you're taking responsibility. So especially if it's a team, like if you're an employer and you have employees, you have to have authority. If they don't listen to you. You can't lead them. But when you're trying to educate consumers or for me trying to educate agents who aren't my client yet, I need authority so they can listen to what I say. So they'll actually be quiet when I'm speaking at an event 
and listen so it can sink in. So you do that by becoming that thing first, deciding it, and then putting enough media out there. People go, yeah, this guy's got content out. Like right now I have this podcast, Eight Limits Podcast, and I've been, I've locked down some really high profile guests simply because I send them an Instagram DM. When they look at my Instagram page and you scroll through three or four times, they go, yeah, you look like you're doing some cool shit. And they immediately agree to come on the show. I haven't really gotten to know yet, which is a good sign because they're vetting me based on what the presence looks like there because the amount of media, the volume, that's the whole point I wanted to get to was that you said it earlier. I want to circle back to what you said, which is it's not about doing one video. It's about making that what you do now, right? So like think about chopping down a redwood tree, old fashioned way. Took a lot of wax with that ax, but each one made a dent. So video something where we, you know, especially when we do our, our monthly packages, it's a minimum of three months that we make our clients commit to you. And that's not to be greedy and grab their money for three months. That's like, guys, this, this may not work for you after one month. And I don't expect it to. So you got to commit to doing this three months in a row with lots of reels, lots of commercials, lots of creative content. So you can actually get that breakthrough. 90 days of creating a lot of content will change a lot more than 20 days. So the exactly consistency is right. there. But that's what we wanted to make sure people understood. The consistency needs to be there. So you're organically daily putting out media. Yeah. Anybody that tells me they have a 30-day plan, I immediately in my head say it's going nowhere. And so if you, if your minimum threshold is not 90 days or more, then I don't feel that that's true commitment. So if you tell me, if somebody comes up to me and tells me, yeah, man, I'm going to door knock for 30 days and see what happens. I'm like, that's not enough, man, because the first week you're not going to do it very well because you're going to be timid. The second week you'll get a little bit more comfortable. You'll do a little bit more. It's going to rain. You're going to stop the third week. You'll be, you'll be comfortable, but not super motivated in the last week. You're just going to slack off. You no, have right. to build a habit. You absolutely need 90 days period in the story. It's just like, I, and I want to translate into this now, cause I know it's going to hit home for you. All of this is not just being disciplined in filming your video and, and knowing your shit, because that's another point that we can talk about. So many realtors out there talking about shit outside their scope of practice. Uh, but it also goes back to all of the other avenues in, in, in your life. So in our lives, we have multiple departments. We have family, we have fitness, you've got finances and whatever else is important to the individual. Faith. And four S what's that? That's the four S family, fitness, finance, and faith. Yes. And the, the huge one for me, I know you mentioned earlier uh, about like religion status, I'm still not sure. I know that there's something a hell of a lot more important than me that I believe exists, what the name of that is. I'm never going to know. I don't think anyone's ever going to know. It's just whatever you believe in, allow it to be real enough and impactful enough to change your life in a positive way. And then you repeat that to others. That's what I think religion is, whatever the name of the God or the religion is. But outside of that, I, I think that fitness is a stupid, massive part of that, that uh, let's go with 80% of the population is ignoring. And not because I'm a gym head, I'm not a gym head. I go to the gym three times a week. I go at four o'clock in the morning because no other soul is there and I can do what I need to do and and no one's in my way. (laughs) And so it's just the most convenient time for me to do it. And so, and I don't do that. I'm not a David Goggins. I'm not one of those guys. But what I understand is if I'm not giving the best to myself, there's not a shot in hell I'm giving the best to anybody else. And fitness for me yeah. is ground zero for that. I mean, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, you'll get me going on that all day. But I mean, <laughs> it's hard because if there's one area which I'm very unapologetic about, I don't give a fuck if people like it or not. I do think 
it's hard for me to fully respect a human being who's not taking care of their body, at least some way, shape or form, especially a man. And so I have a client actually that recently told me that she gets very triggered because she sees me talk so much about how important fitness is and she's not in shape. And she goes, and that made me wonder, what do you think about me, Tony? And I was like, you know, how dare you? Like, how dare you try to make me now on the phone with you make some excuse for, oh no, but you're okay. You know, no, yeah, like my message is clear. I make my message to everyone. It's not individualized, but yes, I think fitness is bare minimum. If this is the way I look at it, you wear your work ethic and your discipline around with you every day. It's the first thing I spot when I look at someone, the very first thing. So when someone tells me, I got a lot of discipline, I'm a really hard worker, but they have a huge gut. I say, uh, false, false. Mm -hmm. Or you do, and you're lacking self-love. And if that's the case, it's a problem as well. So I do not believe that anyone can live the fullest expression of their life without fitness. Now, some people have some conditions and some issues so they can approach a different way. But yes, in business, I think fitness helps you kill it. Um, I was a lifelong athlete. I've competed in sports my entire life. So I do think that right now, like I'm 38 years old. I'm still hyper competitive. I work out every morning at 530 in the morning. I don't miss a day all year long. I eat super strict and it's just part of who I am. And I gain momentum in myself through those decisions. And when I spend time with average people, especially average men, I enjoy how much I stand out from them. I do collect an energy from that. So if I'm in a room and the room's got 40 men in it, there's a very good chance I'm going to be top 2% of that room as far as how my clothes fit and how I look and how my presence is. And that's a, that's a, that's a level of power that I've earned. So now because I'm commanding more attention, I'm committing more energy and I'm getting more of that wow leadership vibes, I've earned that. So if other people get polarized by that and they want to get grumpy and say, oh, this guy thinks he's hot shit, that's their own dilemma and their own journey to follow. But you can't be an effective person if you don't have energy. And let's just say you take two clones of the same person in the same industry. I'll dominate my clone that doesn't work out. And I don't mean physically. I mean energy level because the high you get off of fitness if you go get a nice workout in the morning, you're on fifth gear for the day. So now you're making bold decisions. You're taking bold action. You're making content. You're speaking with passion to the camera because you believe in yourself. That moment after workout, you're your true self. And then you start to shrink after, right? So I do think that people can really, you know, they can leave a lot on the table with that. Now, that being said, there are people who like, you know, you got your Warren Buffetts, you got your people who they didn't need it. But what you'll notice is, this is something interesting. I'm not sure how much you pay attention to like Mark Zuckerberg, mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos. A lot of these wealthy people are now, once they've achieved the highest level of financial wealth, now they're fucking on fitness. Mark Zuckerberg is obsessed with jujitsu and Muay Thai. He's training. He watches UFC. Yeah. He's lifting weights. Jeff Bezos doing TRT jacked. So he even shows you no matter what echelon of financial wealth you get to, there's a point where you go, okay, now let's top off the net last box because all men still value that. And if you exceed business and you exceed, you know, just leading men, without a doubt, you gain a lot of status amongst women when you take care of your fitness or men, if you're a woman, vice versa. And then because you gain that status, other people respect you, even if they're the opposite sex. So if you're a man and every man feels that, wow, all the women folk notice and compliment and are very like flirtatious with this gentleman. You will now view that gentleman as a, as a guy of status. You're going to go, wow, if he's talking, I'm listening. Like he's clearly onto some stuff. So there's a million ways fitness helps you, but energy for sure. Confidence for sure. 
and it comes with this share, fair share of perks, you know? It, it certainly, it certainly does. I want to go back to the self-love part because I think that that's, that I think is what I see the most, yeah. um, even in professional individuals like Warren, the Warren Buffett's and, and all of them, Les Brown. I mean, that, that man has not been in shape probably his whole career. Uh, however, the difference being that a lot of people don't view fitness as a way to get to self-love. And so they don't love themselves first and they don't think that they can find it in the gym, which is just super unfortunate because if there's one place in the world that any version of you can go and not be judged for where you're going and be supported to where you're going. It is the gym. And there's a lot of fear, fear point around it. Like you see Joey Swole, God bless him. He likes to get on, on TikTok and, and, and just shit on the people that make the gym a, a judgmental place. But it, when, when people don't do fitness and they go and they make a bunch of money and stuff, it's the replacement of that. They're trying to get that self-love through accomplishments. They're not trying to get back to where it's rooted, to where it's primal, which is physical challenges. Yeah. Well, you yeah, have used to, to put be. yourself through something difficult. And so I tell everybody, they're like, a lot of people, I won't say a lot of people because I don't have a huge circle, but there will be times where I'll speak to somebody and I'll, we'll talk about, you know, oh, you're in shape, you're doing great. I'm like, yeah, I go to the gym at four o'clock in the morning and they look at me like I have cancer. And I'm like, they're like, why are you doing that? It's really not that serious. I'm like, but it, but it is that serious. And it's because if, if I can give myself yeah. this type the of damage, love, uh, yeah, yeah, man. And it's, it's like, it's, yeah, yeah they look at it's me like I have cancer. Right. Right. So the self-love aspect is real. I do. I, first of all, there's no way around it. There's no way I would let someone in a conversation convince me I'm a, I'm obese, but I still have a lot of self-love. It's like, no, what the fuck? You wouldn't treat yourself like that. You wouldn't put all that food down the gullet. If you had love, you wouldn't allow this vehicle to not go for walks and jogs and move. It's like, again, show God the beauty of his creation. He will reward you. He gave us the most incredible body, incredible body. We have limitless endurance, strength, movement. We can handstand. We can crawl. We can do splits. I've been done Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu for years. So I love the idea of using my body for weird movements. And we, you know, limitless. So he gave us that so we can just waste it. And you think that you're going to waste that away in front of God and he's not going to punish you for it, dude, there's a, there's a toll to pay. There's a toll to pay. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's, you need to show him gratitude. Thank you so much for this vessel that I'm in. Watch what I'm going to do with it. Part of that is I'm going to help and I'm going to lead and inspire others. I'm going to protect those ones that need protecting, right? I'm going to be a, a body of use to others. I might help someone carry something. But there's a lot of use. The second side of it is if you if you did truly love yourself, that is how you show love to yourself. That's how you do it. You know, you do it by keeping yourself feeling good. And you can't feel good if you're obese. You don't have the energy, your hormones, you don't have it. So if you're just eating all day, and a lot what happens a lot is people get success in, in the avenue of business. And then as a way to cope with the stress of all the wins and losses in business, they drink a lot of alcohol, eat a lot of bad food and just indulge, which is very normal because I feel the temptation to do that often, very often. I went to dinner last night. We're at Ruth Chris, the gentleman. And because we have the ability to order whatever the fuck we want, of course we want to order all the apps, all the drinks, the dessert, the food. And we both had to be like, no, bro, let's just have a steak and our asparagus and we'll share some sweet potato and we'll have our water because it's like, it's just Tuesday night or Wednesday night, you know, let's just like enjoy it, you know, reasonably. So being, being Epicurean, right. 
that's the best philosophy I think is like, have you heard the Epicurean there's Stoic, there's hedonism. So hedonism is super indulgent. Stoicism is super reserved and Epicurean is a balance where you're, you're balancing and you're being a stoic for majority of your life, 80, 20 rule. And there's a 20% where you will indulge and you'll have the fun and you'll eat the dessert and you'll do the stuff. So yeah, fitness and self-love and taking care of it. But, but realistically, dude, everyone has their own journey. And I just saw a statistic that shows right now, like based on stats, it's more likely to be a millionaire in America than have a six pack. Isn't that wild? I've seen that multiple stats. It's more likely that a man will have be a millionaire than be a six pack. And that's exactly everyone who knows me. Well, I'm actually looking at one of my vision boards over here in the background. because I'm just looking at what it's featured around And Everyone who knows me knows that like, for me, I have a very clear defined I've won. So like, what does my win look like? And everyone knows for me, no matter what I've accomplished business-wise or finance-wise, it's not a win for me if I don't still have my abs. <laughs> they know that. <laughs> like I've had the, I've had abs my whole life and I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm 38, not letting go of them. I'm going to have abs because it matters to me. Some people don't care and that doesn't need to be their thing, but to me, it matters. Like the guy who fishing so much of his hobby, he takes time and pays for fishing trips. Don't worry about it. He likes it. That's what's important to him. So it's like, for me, my win is that where I've done it all in business I've been a great leader for my daughter, for my family, but I haven't had to give away my vitality, my fitness in pursuit of it. Yeah, that. So we all have our anchors. This is what Dwayne Johnson called Dwayne Johnson calls it, and we all have our anchor. And for him, the anchor is his fitness. Yeah, and that's that's what it's become for me. Now I ebb and flow like the majority of Americans, but I always know when there's a point where it's time to turn around and and to get your shit together and and to stop being distracted. That happens to me every now and then, but it it's become my anchor more mentally first than it did physically, and now. I understand that the relationship is between the two is that you have to connect to both. It can't be one or the other. And so all of that communicates to everything that we do. And then not just for self-love, but I, I've always, I've got a lot of obese people in my family and yeah, something all of them. exactly. And what I, what I equate my, my love for fitness to is that if I'm going to look at the people that I, love supposedly and tell them that I love them and that I would do anything for them, keeping myself alive or healthy as long as possible so that my medical problems don't become their problem is an obligation. You have to do that. You can't say, I love you. I'll do, I'll be here for you for anything while you're popping high blood pressure, pressure medication, you're insulin dependent, That's right, brother. You know, yeah. you're diabetic or whatever, all of these things that can be avoidable if you just make better choices to love yourself first and then take care of yourself. And so do the actions that, that keep you here for long term. And so it's not just self-love. If you really, if you're not going to do it for you and you, which you always should do it for yourself first, but if you can't, if you're going to look at the people that you love and you want to be here for them, then you got to be yeah. here for them. And to do that, yeah. it goes right back to being here for you. That's my, that's the whole point. If you're a man, that is your response. It is your moral responsibility. So it's not only to get and control enough of the resources of life to give your family a good life, but it's to also make sure that you are the thing that makes your family hard to kill and hard to hurt. Right. So it's not like be there for them, but like, yo, like there could be a time. This is, this is the best way I've ever motivated men to work out especially if their father's ready, but like, Hey, like I hear you, you know, you don't, you like to have the beard. Da, da, da. Let me ask you a question. Can you imagine, like, especially if there's a girl dad, can you imagine if a guy literally right now grabbed your kid and started sprinting off and you physically couldn't catch him? 
him holding a child was able to run faster than your fat ass. I was like, just go there mentally for a second. And how would you feel about your life after that day? And you can see their face like, what the fuck? And I was like, dude, like, I know that sounds psycho to me, but I'm like, like that kind of stuff is real. It doesn't happen as much in the United States, but stuff does happen. And it's like, yeah, like, good luck doing that to my daughter. You know, like it's, it's, right. it's very, like, I keep myself very ready for those moments because that's what men have left is like protect and provide actually means that people yeah. forget the protect part. Men forget what the protect part is. Like protect is like, I'm, I'm going to die on that porch. If I hear a noise in the middle of the night, I'm going out to find out what that was. And I'll die on that porch defending you guys without a second chance or second thought about it. And so when, when, when men are, in an inferior body and don't trust their cardio and trust their bravery and trust their ability to move their head, and not get knocked out by a baseball bat, just their reflexes, everything as a whole, they tend to show up soft and then their women don't respect them. And then their life isn't good because you think how much of a play we're going to do for subject now, but women have the most insane impact on a man's life. You could be a billionaire. And if you're having a beefy fight with your wife that morning, it fucks up your day. You with me? Some of the most powerful yeah, men in sure the world. Right. Lot, how 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 with your wife right now? Yeah, it's terrible. I can tell you look stressed, right? So, if you can't keep your woman to actually respect you, right, you're not going to have a good life. And that goes right into any business, the real estate business. If you want to be a great realtor? Good. Make sure everything's good at your home life. Make sure you're being a good husband, a good provider, because then your wife respects you. And when a woman loves you and gives herself to you and makes you feel like a king, you start to fucking walk around like a king. And then you combine that same king treatment who went to bed with his wife petting his head and telling her how proud she is of his work effort. He gets up, he busts a workout at five in the morning. Then he gets home, he showers and he hits the pavement and starts working. He's bringing king energy into life. Then he's shooting content with king energy and he's taking action. He's calling those high level clients and he's showing up in those offices. That's a guy that's being rewarded for showing God the beauty of his creation. Do you understand the whole meaning now? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it all stems everywhere, but it's like, you can't be a coward in one arena in life and get treated like a champion in another. So it's all the same. And that's why I do not believe everyone's going to win the game. Like when it, win it, because not everyone's willing to sacrifice those things, but the ones who are, I'm going to be right there with them. The fish bump them as we're climbing up the mountain and big like, bro, watch out for that rock, you know, or someone else. Hey, anything I should know about up there, you know, and they're like, bro, careful that that twig is loose. You know, that's, that's what I'm looking to do. Is you find people climbing mountains and you climb together, but the rest of them, man, it's not their time. And it may not be their time in this lifetime. Yeah, it may not. I mean, there's a lot of late bloomers, but then there's a lot of people who just don't bloom at all. Like they, they bloom in their mind, but unless you're ready to physically get up, the, the game never starts for you. And unfortunately that's going to be the majority of the population. And if things keep going the way they're going, I mean, who knows what, what things are going to turn into, but it's, I, so the whole reason I, one of the many reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is because that is the energy that's needed, period. It doesn't matter if you're a realtor, you could be a teacher, you could be a bus driver, whatever the, whatever the chosen profession is, what we all need at the end of the day, if you're looking for success, what you need is high energy, you need self-love, and you need action. And if you can put those three things together, everything else is simply a variable. You'll learn how to negotiate, yes. you'll learn how to say no. You'll know, you'll learn how to say no when something could have been great for you, but isn't right for you just because it's great doesn't mean it's right. And we need all of that. And so you you actively promote that way. Like there's a lot of people that 
have social media agencies and they like to polish up when they get on camera. And what yeah. I've noticed the difference between you, whether it's an eight limbs promotion, whether it's a seven day social realtor promotion, whether you're just putting up a story on Instagram about what you're doing, hopping in a cold plunge, you are you in all facets and people need to know that that's what you have to do. You have to be comfortable yeah. in your own skin. And if you're not, you're never going to win the game. Nobody won the game with masks on. Be the content. Uh, just so you know, on that subject, I never wore a mask, not one fucking time for the record. Not, I'm sure you don't have a hard time believing that, but never wore a mask once in a public place. And I had a lot of altercations over it in grocery stores and restaurants. And I was very, very clear, come put one on me if you want me to wear one. And it did not happen. So I, I, stu- I do tend to stand my ground when I passionately believe in something. And I knew that was horse shit right off the rip. So yeah, man, I appreciate that. Be you, be the content. Um, people are confused a lot in life where, again, if your fear of judgment gives you analysis paralysis, you deserve the box you chose, right? If your lack of energy stops you from getting out in the world and, and door knocking, you deserve the life you chose, right? If your lack of fitness causes you to miss out on that gorgeous partner who could be your dream wife and your queen because she doesn't be the guy with the gut, you deserve the life you chose. I really believe that we are the results of our choices. And so when people can understand, hey, no one's coming to save me. I have to take control of my life. I have got to be the one who no one cares about your life like you do, bro. No one cares. And no one's going to care to like ascend to this next level. So when people realize that and go, okay, damn, it's just really on me here. And then you ask the, the question that everyone gets conf- like confronted with in their life, I believe, especially men, especially after you've been through some turbulence and some trauma, is you go, how much fight do I actually have in me? Like how much fights in here? And I think a lot of people will realize there's a lot fucking more than you realize, dude. Like oh, yeah. we're, we're, we're survivalists, but we put people in a position where it's like, dude, you're going to drown if you don't swim to that boat over there. Even a fat guy will figure out a way to get his ass over there. But in life, because you can just order delivery food and you can get your 40K a year and you're chilling, most people can can get relaxed. So that's the message I want to put out. Be you. The, the the big thing is that there's a there's not as many bad consequences as people think they are. So the re, the things that actually scare people to not take action in life, if you really and we do this like and, and when I do my consulting calls with my clients because I do like coaching calls like this with my clients, is let's let's rewind and let's start looking in the closet for the monsters. So let's say right up to that. Well, I don't want to make that content because a lot of people don't like it. Cool, they don't follow you anymore. You might get a negative comment. Great. I leave it there because then people will come in my defense to defend me on the negative comment. That even works out better. Then you get fans arguing your haters. Cool. Okay. Um, what if the guy gets mad and he tries to attack me in public? All right, dope. Let him. He'll get arrested. Whatever. Or let him and you'll embarrass him because you'll knock him out. Right. And you start going through the scenarios. There's not that many consequences. People are like, oh, you can't do that. Like I'll, I'll let a client go if they're just a pain in the ass client. And then they'll be like, you can't do that. You can't run a business like this. You should listen to me. No, I, sorry, go find the next media company. Guess what? Two or three weeks later, they're a figment of imagination. I have completely forgotten about them. They're out of my sphere. My business keeps growing, keeps moving. So like the consequences that people let scare them out of their goals are really invisible. They're they're not real. They're not real. Do you get what I'm saying? I agree with that. And so a lot of people, they create the consequences that will actually never show up in real life. They yeah, create, they're not real. There's no create, moment yeah. where they create them for themselves and that they, they were never going to pop up anyways. And even when they do pop up, because there is those rare and rare is the correct word, 
rare occurrences where consequence does come up when you put yourself out there, it disappears in five minutes. Yeah, it's so, there for you to learn how to problem solve, right? So it's the challenge. Are you, yeah, is what you definitely. put out that they responded to, is that really you? And so if you can put something else, somebody comes in and gives you shit about it. If you can defend your ideals, if you can defend your mark in the sand, then you're good. There's nothing that defeats you if you just believe yeah. in what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, all, all press is good press. I, I firmly believe that. Um, and back here saying like, why me? Why me? You might have heard this before, but this is the amazing way to look at it is like, you got to be the person that's like, try me. Right. So like when a problem pops up in your life, I don't mean like you need to truly have them to like fucking try me. Let's go bring it. Let's go. Like I'm a master problem solver. It'll be gone by tomorrow. There's an analogy that I heard one time from an amazing book called secrets of the millionaire mind. And it dude, it jumped out at me when he explained this so hard. And I was like, dude. So he said, he said, imagine if people came in levels from level zero to level 10, level 10 was like your Elon Musk. Okay. Right. And level zero is like a homeless guy. He's like, so imagine that you're a level three person, okay? And you're staring at a level five problem. You don't know how to handle it. It's intimidating. It causes you to have analysis paralysis. It's caused you to just avoid it entirely. And it slowly looms over your head. He's like, now imagine you take that same level three person and you force them to go through personal development. They read books. They attend seminars. They find mentorship. They find high level comrades to, to learn from. You give them a year. They are now a level seven person. And now they look at that same level five problem, like that's no problem. Boop, boop, done, right on. And so the idea that the chapter was that high level people are bigger than all of their problems. They don't allow any problems. They, they, they go, yo, we're master problem solvers. I have a whole team. We're going to knock that thing out and move on. Paperwork, boom, boom, done. It's gone, move on. No big deal. But people who allow problems to loom over them and, and cower again, dude, they deserve the life they choose. And it's like, exactly right. what are you going to tell them, man? What are you going to tell people that don't want to go after and get it? Like go back through history. The participation medal mentality has, has our generation thinking that everyone can be winners and that's not true. So go back to when we were evolving from, from apes, right? Some cavemen hid in the cave and that's all they did. Some cavemen were evolutionary hunters and they left the cave in search of a better life. And they found a beautiful waterfall cave with a better oasis with their family. And that's always been the case. Some people traveled across and they, you know, we landed in Plymouth and we made it to California. Some people stopped in the middle of Tennessee and they didn't continue. Some people made it all the way to Malibu and their love and their life. So it's like, it's all about what you're, how much fights left in you, how much are you going to keep going for, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think what happens is nobody asked themselves that question, or at least the, the very few asked themselves that question and accept that whatever the answer is, is their fault. And so I've yeah. always been a big proponent that nobody deserves shit. There's nobody who comes out of a womb and you just deserve anything at all. You don't deserve the breath you take. You don't deserve nothing. You only deserve what you earn. And that's it. There's no, no other philosophy that exists for me. I mean, there's others, but that's the one that I live by the most because yeah. any, anything that gets put on my plate, I put it there. Yeah. There's one quote I can leave you with and I got to jump off here is this is powerful, man. I ask myself this question a lot and I've, I, I train people on this is every time you end up in a situation and you need to ask yourself, ask the inside version of yourself, what could I be if I applied real discipline here? And you're going to get an answer. If you ask yourself that question, 
And it's, it's usually a good one. It's, it's one that's confronting. What could I be if I applied real discipline here? And again, discipline is doing things you hate to do and doing it like you love it. Discipline, just doing what needs to be done. So discipline might be recording that video when you're not in the mood to record that video, might be making that phone call, going to that networking dinner, right? Going next door and talk to the neighbor because they have a for sale sign from someone else. And you want to know why they chose someone else. But what could I be disciplined when you mentally override and make yourself do the thing that you know you're supposed to do? If you start asking yourself that question, every time you get to a snag or a dilemma or a pause point in your day, what will happen? You'll start to wake up that fight in you. And that fight's like, oh, let me show you. Let me show you what we could be. Let me show you. We could be this motherfucker. And, that, and you'll like that version of yourself. For anyone listening, that's like one of the biggest life-changing. That's actually came from Jocko Willink. That's not my advice, but yeah. it's incredibly powerful. What could I be if I imposed real discipline here? That's so, fantastic, man. I'll leave you with that, my brother. It's been a pleasure to be on here. Much love to you, man. I'd love to awesome. get the recording of this. Email me the recording of this once the file extracts. Will do. I'll go ahead and send that over to you. So everybody awesome. that was listening, I appreciate you. Tony, where can they find you? Yeah, guys, you can find me on Instagram, Tony Salazar. My businesses are Eight Limbs Creative. We're on every platform, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, as well as Seven Day Social Realtor, all four platforms. Tony Salazar, S-A-L-A-Z-A-R, no other characters. Let's crush it, guys. Perfect. Tony, thank you so much. I'll see you soon, yeah, buddy. Same. See you, brother. Later.